U.S. equities are breaking new highs again. They're also up a long way in Europe. Why? Well, we're back on the hope of a quick solution to COVID-19. President Trump has been talking about fast-tracking a vaccine, and maybe the markets are going with that. New Zealand retail sales were down, as expected last quarter, given the lockdown. But how much will they pay for a protracted lockdown? And there's more spikes in Europe, so does that make today's German IFO read a little less useful? And will there be much healthier news in the conference board's confidence read through the from the USA today. After all, the numbers there are getting better. It's all relative, of course. It's Tuesday, the 25th of August, 2020. It's the morning call from NAB. Good morning. Well, what a surprise. Stocks reaching new highs again in the United States. The Dow is up 1.1%. The S&P 500 up 0.7%. The Nasdaq up 0.4%. But they're up in Europe as well. 2.2% for the Eurostoxx 50 and 1.7% for the FTSE 100. Uh, Treasury yields have pushed higher by two basis points on 10 years. The US dollar dipped almost 0.4%, but it's got all of that back and a bit more. And the euro, apart from uh, that short roller coaster ride, but that's pretty flat too. And the pound is down 0.2%. 0.2%. The Aussie is pretty flat as well. The Kiwi dollar down 0.1%. And oil up as Tropical Storm Laura is expected to hit Louisiana and Florida, impacting oil production. That does sound like old times, doesn't it? Talking this like pre-COVID talk. And gold down today. That's the way things are. And right now, Rodrigo Cotrill is here to tell us more. Senior FX strategist at NAB in Sydney. So uh, the excuse for the buoyant equity markets, uh, apart from the fact no one can make money out of uh, out of bonds, of course, uh, I'm pretty sure President Trump's vaccine promises have a lot to do with this, don't they? Yes, uh, morning, Phil. Um, I think I think that's a fair fair assessment. Uh, we've we've seen, you know, the equity markets stand start a new week quite buoyantly in um, in in Asia, and that sort of positive vibe has been reflected. Uh, and continued in Europe as, as well as in, in the US now. Um, and it's probably two factors. As you say, the one is, is this positive sort of virus news overall. There's been a mixed news in some respects, but the, the market is going with the good news. Uh, and then, of course, this idea that President Trump will consider bypassing the regulator and, and speed up the, the process for, for this vaccine has been tr- seen as a, as a very good news. And I suppose the other one has been uh, comments uh, from the White House or assurance that the WeChat app um, can still be used uh, in China by American companies. So um, that, that's also been a positive factor on, on the tech side. That's important because many companies' uh, revenues in the US um, get the revenue from China, um, like Apple funds, for instance. Um, you can still use your Apple phone in China and use WeChat in China. So that's very good for, for the prospects of selling, you know, uh, US products in, 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 in China. So that's another big, big factor supporting the, the positive move as so well. Is that clarification or is that a bit of a back down? Probably the argument is it's a clarification, but in reality, maybe it's a bit of a, of a back down. On the vaccine, he, um, he said uh, that they are going to move faster than traditional administrations in terms of fast tracking the, uh, the vaccine. Presumably they're going to shortcut that tiresome phase of testing whether it's safe or not. But I, I you wonder, don't you, whether that's actually going to backfire on him because how many people are actually going to want to take it? You know, it might actually slow down uh, the, the solution. But I guess there are several other versions, aren't there? In fact, China, the Sinovac Biotech is another big hope that seems to be coming along pretty fast, as, as well as the Oxford AstraZeneca uh, research. So, in fact, 200 vaccine projects uh, are underway all around the world. And, of course, Russia reckons that they have one already and they've got a billion doses being rolled out. But no one seems to believe them. Uh, for whatever reason. But look, uh, equities rising despite 
the worst levels of global dividends in a decade. The FT is saying today a 22% fall in the second quarter. Uh, but I guess that's a, a bit of an irrelevance right now, isn't it? Because everyone obviously is looking at the longer term picture. All of all of the pricing that we're seeing right now is based on this hope that things are going to get better, and so we're looking into into the future. But uh, the I, the other trend, which I think is significant, which is uh, an, another piece in the uh, I think on Bloomberg today, saying that billion dollar companies have upped their proportion of total borrowing at the expense of smaller companies. So they're setting themselves up for racing out the other side. Uh, which is bad news for smaller companies. But again, it's another reason, isn't it, for uh, investing in blue chip stocks, which is probably why we're seeing uh, equities again rising so much. Yes. Okay. So maybe to touch on the, on the first comment that you make, I think, I think it's all about relativities. Yes. Sure. Dividends are lower, but so are bond yields and, and, and the, any deposit rate that you might be able to get anywhere else. So in many respects, uh, the equity yeah. markets remain very attractive on, on a relative basis. So, so that's the one factor. The other factor is that, yes, uh, I, th- I suppose the interesting thing from the price section overnight is that we've seen, um, a broad improvement in markets and, and those sectors that have been struggling because of the virus uh, are performing, um, you know, the tourism, of course, and and travel like airlines in the US as well are doing well. So, so it's certainly a reflection of the market sort of looking at the bright side and, and, and trying to sort of, as you say, look beyond the next few months and try to price in the prospects of, um, economies reopening, uh, over the prospects of, over, over the next year. So, so that's certainly a, a good one. And I suppose, uh, those, those themes to watch in terms of, uh, when we try to look forward will be, as you mentioned, two things that the, the vaccine, it's many, many Many polls around the globe are suggesting that um, a large proportion of society will be reluctant to take the vaccine. So that will be a challenge to this idea that, um, you know, we can reopen and, and everybody's got the, vac- the vaccine. Um, and the other one is, is sort of the, the implications or consequences from, from the virus. And as you say, at the moment, it appears that um, bigger companies uh, are, uh, you know, coping better and, and, and setting this up for setting themselves up for, for kind of a more stronger uh, outcome uh, as and when the, the economy is reopened. So certainly a thing to watch. Um, but overall, I think at the moment for now is is, is sort of uh, the, the good news is, is trumping any any bad news. Uh, the, the concerns around the virus is still very much there. Yeah. The, the numbers are increasing in Europe uh, and yet the market is still sort of looking through them and, and, and looking at the positive side uh, in terms of uh, hopefully being in a better place in, in 12 months time. Yeah. It's going to be interesting, isn't it, though? Because in Europe, in North America, uh, in the UK, uh, the schools go back next week. It's going to be interesting to see if the, I mean, there is an expectation that that is going to cause infections to rise. I guess the question is, how much, how well is it controlled? That is going to be a big test. Absolutely. And and there's, there's a huge question marks in many countries, particularly in the US and now again in, in Europe, where they're able to do it. Uh, on the other side, we, we, for instance, have been very good uh, so far in, in controlling it. Um, uh, but certainly there's a price to pay sometimes. And obviously yeah. we've seen that in Victoria that in order to try to control it, um, uh, you have to reintroduce those lockdown measures. Um, and, you know, successful countries like South Korea are now facing that challenge again, where um, until we, we have a vaccine that works and until we have a vaccine that everybody's willing to take, um, this theme of, uh, you know, reopening and facing an increasing infections and then having to shut down again is a very is a significant risk that we're all facing.
Which brings us on to New Zealand, which is into retail sales for New Zealand yesterday. Not expe- unexpected. They had a, a 15% fall uh, in Q2 in, uh, in in New Zealand. Not unexpected given the lockdown. Are, are they going to pay the price for a, for a, a, a protracted lockdown in New Zealand? And, and what's that going to mean for, for GDP, for Q2 and for the rest of the year? Yeah, I suppose that uh, we've we've touched on the on this theme in in a couple of times in, in the daily in the, in the podcast that there, there's been a very strong distinction between the approach New Zealand has taken relative to to other countries like in in Australia they've they've gone for for this strategy of really eradicating the the virus and in doing so it's been a more drastic approach in terms of the lockdowns. We got to remember that the number the number of infections in New Zealand have been extremely low and yet the measures in terms of lockdown have been quite significant. So from economic perspective, uh, the, the price that they're paying, at least in the short term, is significant. Uh, but I suppose uh, the, the view from New Zealand will be that, well, if we're able to eradicate it, then we can reopen the economy and have, be more comfortable about that. Uh, so uh, it remains to be seen uh, because uh, the risk for New Zealand is that they, they can still have infections because of the contact they have with the rest of the world, you know, airline uh, transportation and yeah. things so there's always that risk that you will get it back in so you might eradicate it today but then you will get it again from from outside tomorrow so uh, it remains to be seen whether that strategy will work better uh, at the moment in in australia we seem to be doing well with this idea of lockdowns um but of course you know victoria is a big reminder that if it gets out of control it, it can be a significant problem yeah, and you see you pay the price still so look australia's payrolls data uh, today for early august talking about victoria the last one was for for weekending the 25th of july it had uh, total wages down 4.8 percent since uh, since the 14th of uh, march uh it's going to be worse of course with the victoria lockdown this time uh, but but I think given the confusion of uh, of job numbers with you know the job keeper allowance and all that sort of thing, w- wages are probably a pretty good measure right now, aren't they? Of uh, of of the extent of that decline, so seeing four point eight percent down since the fourteenth of March seems a long way short of you know the ten percent perhaps that the RBA is predicting in terms of. Uh, how much unemployment will fall in Q2? Yes, um, I suppose it also gives us a sense of activity because we also get a sense of uh, how many people are working but not not working at mm. the full potential in terms of hours worked. So, so that's the kind of other angle as well. Um, and I suppose in terms of the numbers, the, the big question will be to what extent the Victoria lockdown is dragging down the, the national figures. Uh, we, we think that the... Uh, the Victoria uh, lockdown, which is only really capturing the stage three, because we've got to remember the stage four, which is a big lockdown, only kicked in at the beginning of August. So uh, this this report may not fully capture that 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 impact. Um, the question is whether the the severity in Victoria yeah. uh, is going to drag down the national numbers, and and our sense is that uh, it's it's very likely to do so. Uh, but it will be interesting to see how well the other states are doing, and and hopefully, um, you know, they can be a, a, at least a, a challenge, if you like, to to the to the negative numbers coming from Victoria. But a big problem, isn't it, with the, with all the data at the moment? We have to look at precisely what was happening at that time. So we get the German IFO Business Climate Index, um, and these surveys, of course. You know, it does depend on when the question was asked. So, was this one asked before the most recent spike in Germany? The question, the answer is probably yes. So, possibly these numbers are already out of date. There's a potential, yes. Um, and uh, but at the same time, you know, the PMIs even in Germany uh, surprised to the downside uh, late last week. So. Uh, as much as the market is mm. looking for a small uptick in, in those major indices coming from the uh, IFO, 
Um, you, you know, the, the risk, there's a clear risk that the, the, you know, maybe the market did, did capture those negativity and, and it will be reflected in the numbers as we saw in the PMIs on yeah. Friday. And a lot of people not paying attention clearly to these numbers though, because it's all vaccine. It's all the vaccine. That's what everyone's <laughs> hanging out for. So maybe the, uh, the US August Conference Board Consumer Confidence Reading, uh, th- I mean, that might be a little better because the virus is plateauing in almost every American state. The, the levels are still high there, which is, people forget about it. They just look at the direction. But generally, they seem to be over the worst of it. So again, that would be another reason for all this optimism. Yes, and if anything, we've got to remember that uh, the theme of the recent weeks has been, you know, this resurgence in, in positive surprises, if you like, in terms of U.S. economic data, while we've seen the reversal in Europe. And again, linked to, to this idea that the numbers are increasing again in Europe. Uh, whilst the numbers are declining still from an elevated level, but they are declining in the U.S., which, again, the market is looking through and looking at the future. Yeah. So I tell you, you, you that, that election is not over yet, is it? I mean, there's, uh, there's, there's every chance that gap is going to narrow. It's going to be interesting to watch over the next few weeks how Biden does against Trump because, uh, uh, you know, it, it could be a repeat of the last election, couldn't it? Uh, we'll leave it there for now. Uh, great to talk, Rodrigo. Catch you again very soon. Thank you. Talk soon, Phil. Cheers. Yeah, if those infection uh, levels go down and he keeps talking up the vaccine, then you can see that gap narrowing, can't you? I wouldn't be surprised. That's it for the morning call for today. I'm Phil Dobby for NAB. Back again tomorrow morning. See you then.